Today is January 8th, 2022. This episode is the first episode of season two of Conversation Machines. Feels like only yesterday that season one ended and even started. Today's episode is titled The Rich, The Robots, and The Revolution. I hope you enjoy. The rich, the wealthy, or the 1% are loved and hated throughout the world. Whether you refer to them as the working rich or the elites, when considering how robots are said to transform the world irrevocably, the 1% could ignite something dangerous within this ongoing transformation. The disconnection between social classes through technology that robots create will widen the chasm between the 1% and the rest of the world. Please allow me to explain. Ever pulled up beside a Ferrari or a Rolls Royce? How did you feel? Most likely, not great. Maybe there was some jealousy, envy, and bitterness towards the owner or driver of the vehicle. There was some possible frustration at your financial situation or the job that you're in. Maybe there was a hatred for the people who have amassed a type of wealth that you may never get to experience. This is the chasm I am referring to, the gap, the animosity towards the rich. If you felt uncomfortable or even angry at the lavish lifestyles the rich are able to live and afford while the rest of the world suffers from day-to-day problems, seeing high net worth individuals or celebrities walking around with robots covered in 24 karat gold or snakes and bees, if you get that reference, may tip you over the edge, especially if you or your friends, or even your family had just been replaced by robots, AI, or some other technology at work. Before I dive deeper into this topic, I must address one particular thing. The quote-unquote rich, as I will be referring to heavily in this podcast episode, is a very blanket term. Dr. Jordan Peterson makes a great point, highlighting the tricky use of that term. He uses the example of someone making a decent living in the, re- in the Western world. This person is angry at the rich and powerful, and in response he says, But you're the 1%. How can you be angry at them? You are one of them. This person he is talking to is taken aback, refusing to believe that they are part of the 1%. After all, how can they be part of the 1% if they don't feel like the 1%? Thus, Dr. Jordan Peterson remarks, Ah, so the rich and powerful are anyone that's richer than you. You don't feel like the 1% because anyone that's richer, more powerful, or has more than you is more of a 1%er than you are. It is important to note that there will never be a true definition for rich. In this episode, we will simply be referring to the high net worth celebrities and private individuals like bankers and CEOs, who have amassed a hoard of wealth the likes of which not many people will experience in their lifetime. Now that this squiggly definition has found some footing, let's move on. Since there are different kinds of products and services available to the rich, it puts them in a different category. Some may choose to call this a different kind of social class, This will only be emphasized with personal robotics. 
The formation of robo-classes, distinguishing what social class, whether it's upper, upper-middle, middle, lower, or working, each person belongs to by the look, shape, quality, and price of their robot, could facilitate a new type of stigma and oppression. Premium or luxury robots would be fitted with super capabilities that regular mainstream robots do not have. Capabilities such as better security, faster movement speed, and even quicker reload times if it's a security robot could all be elite abilities and enhancements unavailable to the average individual or robot. Specifically unavailable because of their price and social class. The class system is particularly interesting because a new type of class is scheduled to emerge due to automation. You can find this aforementioned class in my new book, AI for Gen Z, available now on Amazon. Certain robots in certain classes may be an issue, but not owning a robot at all would be an even bigger one. Similar to the way people without social media accounts or smartphones are treated, they're looked down upon, they're almost ostracized. Hacking and stealing robots may be the only way for people to exist within these classes and new dynamics. For example, imagine being mugged, and as soon as you start handing over your wallet, phone, watch, or purse, the attacker grabs your robot and runs away. How would you feel? That's the only thing distinguishing what social class you're in. To add further dread, dating and job searching apps could implement a class-only filter. Taking it even further, you may have to take a picture of your robot to prove you're in a certain class or even take your robot on the first date or interview. These incentives would push businesses to focus their attention specifically on selling robots for each social class and would spark a tidal wave of maximalism or techno-materialism. Companies that only sell robots to high net worth individuals could promote a trend where the rich get richer and the best technology possible while the rest of society deals with the scraps. If companies start gravitating towards only supplementing the rich with the latest and greatest, there may be a switch of attitude among the rest of society. For example, right now, you can save up $1,000 for a Gucci belt or a pair of Prada boots. But if the prices of these items increase to the tens of thousands of dollars, they're completely out of reach to the average consumer. The inability to buy fashionable clothes, shoes, and cars, or to not be able to emulate the lifestyles of the rich, could spark an outrage that could lead to a revolution against the rich. If robots create a further disconnect between the rich and the rest of the world, the upper middle to working classes may revolt against the rich and powerful. Could this force the 1% to leave regular society altogether and create their own habitat similar to the film Elysium? The question may not be an if, but a when. And more importantly, if it's even possible to stop this from happening in the first place. Stepping away from the rich, but still on the topic of robots. Any conversation about robots, especially in the 21st century, always ends in questioning whether a robot revolution against the human species would be a likely outcome. Within this question, there are two types of revolutions being discussed. A robot revolution against humans, and a human revolution against robots. 
The latter is the more interesting and realistic scenario to discuss because humans have always had a problem with authority and oppression. Robots could be the straw that breaks the camel's back. The discussion of a human revolution against robots, similar to the talk of a possible extraterrestrial invasion, involves questions such as how, who, when, where, and most importantly, why. Even worse, each question fuels sub-questions, which promotes further thinking but doesn't seem to provide any easy answers. To start off, the question of how is the easiest to answer. The revolution would be led by humans, targeted against robots. But which robots would succumb to the revolution? It's inherently possible that some robots would get hacked and used to aid citizens in the revolution. But if robots are used to survey the masses, similar to an Aurelian mass surveillance state, does that mean that every robot gets scrapped? Does this agenda also apply to sex robots? What about mental health robots? What about the robots taking care of your parents and your friends' parents? How about the robots in hospitals? Robots come in all shapes and sizes and serve all kinds of purposes. If some are scrapped and others are kept, this means that there is a subconscious robotic bias. But would everyone share this bias? Would you teach your kids that some robots are good and other robots are bad? Does this imply that there will be a robot morality clause embedded within the social structures we thrive in? The question of who is also tricky. The revolution could branch out in multiple directions, such as a revolution against the government or a revolution against corporations. Going further, if robots create such a disconnect between families, friends, and relationships, there could be a revolution against human ethics and values. Moreover, answering the question of who leaves more questions to be answered. If it's a revolution against the government, who in the government is responsible? The government as a whole or the people who regulated, or in fact didn't regulate, robots in the first place? Is the revolution against the leader of a city or the leader of a country? If it's against the corporations, which is yet another blanket term, which corporations would it be? The corporations using the robots or the corporations creating the robots? Are you re revolting against the employees creating the robots too or just the C-suite executives? Even the question of when gets a little more tricky. The easy answer is no one knows when. This answer doesn't help anyone. A revolution against robots won't be an overnight turnover. It would build up for many years and eventually reach a tipping point, resulting in the revolution. The question of when also depends on how governments and corporations play the robotic implementation game or the automation game. If within 10 years robots take away a majority of jobs, then a revolution is very likely given the circumstances. If jobs are given to robots in such a fashion that humans are able to retrain and employ themselves, a revolution actually may not be necessary. The question of where is even trickier. Would it just be in North America? This doesn't seem likely. Frankly, if North America is revolting against robots, the rest of the world might have done so already. How would China and India deal with a revolution against robots considering the hundreds of millions of people already living in poverty? 
would a revolution against robots in Europe be remotely similar to what might happen in South America or Africa? A revolution against robots, wherever it takes place, could spark a domino effect for the rest of the world. If one country's citizens have had enough, the inevitable spread of this news could see other citizens, other citizens in other countries rising up and destroying robots left and right. The question of why is the trickiest of them all. Humans struggle with answering the question of why for the most mundane things. Why does the universe exist? Why can't Manchester United win with such a stacked team? When answering the question of why, we can break it down into three parts. Before the revolution, during the revolution, and after the revolution. Before the revolution, why are humans revolting against robots in the first place? Has capitalism gone too far this time? Are robots imposing such a toxic agenda to humans in terms of jobs and ethics that getting rid of robots completely is the only option? This also assumes that humans are able to revolt against robots in the first place. If technology has created a mass surveillance totalitarian society, then there's little to no chance that a revolution could be pursued or even ignited. During the revolution, will humans realize that destroying robots is futile? The more important agenda is destroying the factories or warehouses that make and supply the robots. If humans can raid Area 51 for a meme, they can absolutely raid robot factories and warehouses to protect their livelihoods. During the revolution, would some humans switch sides and protect robots? During the revolution, would governments and corporations protect robots or protect humans? During the revolution, to incentivize not destroying robots, would new laws come into effect stating that breaking or vandalizing any robot is considered murder, murder, going back to robot ethics. After the revolution, what happens next? This question is at the core of every revolution. It can be asked before and during as well. When a revolution occurs in simple terms, power is shifted from the hands of the oppressors into the hands of the oppressed. But if the oppressed don't have a plan forward, or a pathway forward, and simply acted out of rage, confusion, and groupthink, this leaves the human civilization in a stagnant and very dangerous position. Next, or after the revolution, do robots slowly come back into society, or do they never come back at all? How does this affect technological growth? Do the social classes engaging in revolution demand their jobs back? And if so, who gives these jobs to them? Governments? Corporations? These questions may be fundamental for humans not to revolt against robots. Unless an entirely new anti-robot political faction emerges with a plan for a human-only world, the scenario of humans revolting against robots in its entirety seems unlikely. The former revolution one where robots rise up against humans and take over the world is one of science fiction. It just won't happen. Do you really think that programmers and engineers would leave the possibility of robots destroying all of civilization up to chance? Robots won't revolt against humans without a human agenda behind it. As AI guru Andrew Ng beautifully puts it, worrying about the rise of robots is like worrying about overpopulation on Mars. A third possibility of a robot revolution exists, 
one that is more subtle but equally dangerous. A robot revolution could simply be robots taking over society subtly. Robots in malls, robots in airports, robots in restaurants, robots in schools, etc., etc. These robots wouldn't just take jobs away, they would change how humans think and exist. A robot revolution doesn't just encompass robots taking over certain aspects of daily life, such as transportation, manufacturing, and entertainment. A robot revolution aims to rewrite how humans interact and live. Ethical and social norms would be broken down and forced to adapt to incorporate robots. Branches, such as roboethics, the ethics of a robot, robotainment, entertainment that's robot-centric, and robophilia, sexual attraction to robots, will play a big role in understanding how societies will evolve as robots become less taboo and more the norm. Be prepared for more memes, Netflix shows, and advertisements with robots as the main focus. It's not just a fad, it's a revolution. The disconnection between humans and robots could be easily profited on if companies are smart. Specifying products as human-made or handcrafted may influence customers to prefer the company that employs humans over the one that deploys robots. Humans in society are the norm now. However, in a future saturated with robots on every street corner, television show, emergency room, and advertisement, the average consumer may prefer to pay a little extra for that human touch. The challenges and dilemmas that have been portrayed don't come close to describing how impactful and revolutionary robots will be on society and the future of humanity. When robots eventually come around and change things, for better or for worse, humans will be the ones looking for answers. The more you're able to talk and spread awareness about robots and how it will affect you, your loved ones, and your community, the more likely answers to these fundamental questions are to appear. The conversation around living with robots must be started now.